0: I've spent hours on the phone to Birmingham New Street, Lost Property. (laughs) Alright, welcome to Birmingham New Street, Lost Property. If you've lost an item on your train, press 1. If you've lost an item on your platform, press Um, 2. Otherwise, please hold. They have
1: different Lost Property zones depending on where the item was lost.
0: Well, there's no point. It, they, it's just to waste your time anyway, because all roads lead to Lost nothing anyway. Oh, like, I see. Whatever you press, and I've tried all the options. I've spent ages. This is to get my flipping little meditation seat that I spent 40 quid on that I never got to use that for the purpose that I bought it for. Three maybe weeks ago, three, three. Two or three weeks ago now. Depending on how um, many episodes the... Yeah. The episode about the 10-day meditation retreat. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. It's great. Yeah, I've tried all the options. Nothing all roads lead to oh just download our app lost property x and then you fill in your information about it and the app's really buggy i don't think it even goes anywhere i haven't been contacted about anyone i've left voice messages i've filled in the app so i think it's just a way to keep you busy and feel like you're doing something nice if any of you live in birmingham (laughs) and you want a free chair go to birmingham street uh, lost property i'm sure you'll find the chair just say that you're me you're very welcome to it because you say that you're me. <laughs> say that you're Yusuf Smith because uh, you've basic. I've written it off. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts Yusuf and Johnny, simple rules, dramatic results.
1: I'm very upset about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can tell. <laughs> I'll be honest. I empathise. I understand. It's very upsetting. For me, however, it is really quite... Very cool. amusing. Yeah. We were talking about, as well, Netflix series, and how perfect the Netflix and chill model is. So anybody... Not the 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 euphemism side of Netflix and chill, the actual watching Netflix and relaxing at the same time,
0: ideally with a loved one. If you're doing it by yourself, <laughs> that's fine too. That reminds me of... <laughs> there's a professor, um, I think it's like someone videoed a lecture, and... The professor goes like, the, the, one of the students at the end is like, oh, what, what are you doing this weekend, professor? And he's like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm just going to go visit my brother. We're going to have a bit of that uh, Netflix and chill time, if you know what I mean. And the students crack up and he clearly doesn't realise. Doesn't understand. The... <laughs> yeah.
1: Poor guy. Like he's <laughs> Tried to use. He's 80% of the way to sort of speaking to the students on their own level. But he's used so inappropriately that he's referring to incest. Essentially, it tripped
0: at the final hurdle. <laughs> Poor guy.
1: Tripped and like shattered all of his front teeth, (laughs) giving
0: himself a brain hemorrhage. (laughs) Speaking of professors that sound like that, Julian from the podcast a few months ago. Again, great episode. You'll find out about a diabetic guy that forgot his own wedding. Really great story. (laughs) That was hilarious. And a doctor that arrived wearing
1: deli gloves with no equipment. Oh, one of the funny stories, Chinese paramedic just yeah.
0: totally unprepared for a <laughs> hypoglycemic episode anyway <laughs> listen to the episode he is going to see Jordan Peterson on oh, Monday I saw that live for a, so he's going to London for a two hour lecture wow really bloody loves Jordan Peterson he binge watched again speaking of Netflix all of the lecture series he's got three series of lectures one on biblical threads one on biblical threads, biblical themes. Right. Uh, one on personality, and the other on biblical threads could be like a really edgy name for a
1: clothing company. Yeah, it could actually. That's a great. Well, no one steal that. <laughs> we will. Yusuf will send you a cease and desist letter faster than you know what's happening. He's got one just saved in his in his just
0: ready in his outbox, ready to go. Biblical threads, LLP. <laughs> LLP. <laughs> that but, only made Johnny laugh because he's an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> We are pretty lame people.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, you're, you're getting the... Like, I was going to look at the podcast like name. The maybe. last
0: thing that made me laugh more than I ever remember was Johnny saying, oh, type 1 diabetes. Doesn't that give you retrograde ejaculation? <laughs> oh, God. And I, I lost it. But then it turns out it is one of the rare complications <laughs> of type 1 diabetes. So you learn something new every day.
1: And I refuse to say why I know. That's that's a consequence. I don't have diabetes, just to be clear, and I also don't have
0: retrograde ejaculation. Johnny used to live with a diabetic person who he was very nasty to and would go and look (laughs) up the the rare complications of diabetes and and tell him, Oh, you're going to get retrograde ejaculation. So there we go.
1: I wasn't going to say, but you have said it for me. 66, episode 66. I thought oh, it was 66. 67.
0: I didn't want to say for sure because he, yeah. he just sent people to the wrong end. He could have so. been wrong. Well, I mean, they're going to land
1: either way, you know, shoot for the stars.
0: Land in some one of our great podcasts. Well, some
1: fantastic <laughs> scenario, anyway. One of the reasons that we were talking about Birmingham New Street <laughs> Station was because we were talking about Netflix and Chill, and we were talking about Netflix and Chill because we were talking about a series that we were watching, and I referenced Peaky Blinders. And the reason that I like Peaky Blinders. <laughs> is because it's given me an opportunity to practice the only accent that I've struggled for my entire life to be able to do, which is a Birmingham accent. Birmingham! Which Yousef can do excellently, as I've learned this evening. <laughs> if you struggle also with a Birmingham accent, the word to
0: say is, all right. Just hold your nose and say, all right,
1: all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. We can, we can move on now.
0: So today's episode is, how do you know if a method or a system, is bunk. There are some brilliant litmus tests that you can run through. If you see someone's got a new proprietary method online, or a proprietary proprietary (laughs) supplement, something like that, what test can you quickly run through to see if it is bullshit or not? So this
1: is linked to last week's episode where we talk about the criticism that we received in response to our article where we talk about how we got lean while eating Haribo, Cheesecake, and Pringles, which is testing the limits, but... It's also talking about the underlying principles of what are the key indicators, the needle movers that cause fat loss, weight loss, anything that we are pursuing in fitness. So you will probably have seen, uh, I'm gonna imagine, and I know this is a horrible thing to consider, but we probably aren't the only people that you listen to or have heard about in the fitness world. You've probably seen other people promoting diets. You've probably seen other people promoting different methods. And you've probably also seen stuff like people talking about keto or paleo vegan diets diets that involve removing or adding one particular or one specific thing in order to create results and so rather than us just saying you know reacting to that by saying no 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 don't listen to them listen to us instead it's a little bit hypocritical for us to criticize their methods and then do the same thing to promote what we're talking about so instead we're going to give you a simple stepwise way of testing you know is this actually does this hold water yes or no so you have take it away
0: first step is there a single method or series of principles that can be applied to any of the range of populations that that person is attempting to help now this can be one of two extremes actually if it's Someone has the ultimate elixir, the 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 cure for absolutely everything, and it's a healing crystal, <laughs> and it cures everything from cancer to gallstones to gout to reflux to whatever. Then, yeah, okay, you want to have your little suspicious sensors on. But the other, there might be a big suspicious. Sensor. Could be a big suspicious sensor if it if it's a single thing that's an all this a hundred percent cure for all kind of things, and it's somehow been hidden from. Big farmer, or has been hidden from the wider public. Th- that's the obvious one. Everyone knows that that that's potentially snake oil. So yeah, so a diet <laughs> that
1: is providing some sort of fitness result, fat loss, or you know something that isn't necessarily magical, but is also preventing disease that pharmaceutical companies are struggling to
0: cure or struggling to prevent. It usually comes in the form of a powder or a pill or something. Mm-hmm. And there's no change in dose for different people or whatever. It's literally just like you take this thing and it will solve.
1: Even well, some people who promote keto or paleo or you know, yeah. diet methodologies talk about disease prevention or disease cure. And, and yeah, I know low-carb diets have been used in, in treating diabetes, but I think selling a weight loss diet on that benefit is a little bit dishonest.
0: It is. And some people take certain foods and elevate them to this really uh, rarefied level where Coconut oil, for example, is, like, the ultimate cure for all things. Or p- people love hemp. They, they flipping love that. Whereas, mm. like, if you if you wear it as clothes, it changes your magnetic field. And if you put it on your skin, it cures melanoma. And if you eat it, then it, it helps with this. And, you know, you just think, like, okay.
1: There's like, so many of those things. That it started off as just being spinach, didn't it? You know, like oh, spinach yep. and blueberries. And then all these exotic... Um, foods come up, you know, chia seeds, different types of seeds and grains that you Quinoa, there's oh, another one. <laughs> yeah. now, and it, it, it's continues. a shame.
0: Like, I, I would, I for one would love if there was a single food that I could just buy loads of, just from an efficiency perspective. It'd be great because you wake up, you don't have to worry about food shops, you just eat your Huel or your Quinoa or your whatever, and you're, you're sorted for life, and it's absolutely great. I mean, Huel, in fairness to it, it's a mixture of stuff, and they, they understand that no single food. Is gonna sustain you. There's probably foods that you could find like that would, you'd be just about okay on for a while, like lentils or something. We've mentioned
1: fuels so many times that people are gonna think
0: we're affiliated. to we're, it. <laughs> Well, we've mentioned it in a relatively, n- neg- neg- no, 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 no. relatively neutral, negative. neutral, yeah, meal okay. re-
1: meal replacement powders.
0: I think is yeah. There. As Alan Aragon says, a varied diet is very. It's just simply there's no way around that to hedge your bets and to make sure that you're covering your bases. Now, if there was a single food that you could just s- survive on, then we would be the first people on it because we're pressed for time <laughs> and we don't really care much about the variety. It'd be great to just get it in and sort it. Anyway, we've gone on the sidetrack. So the first test is, is there some all-powerful elixir that is curing everything? The other end of the spectrum is, are there a 100 methods to achieve the same result? If someone is randomly throwing out 100 methods or they've got 100 different types of programs and, um, for their potential clients that are all vastly different, then really that reeks of, I haven't found a method that works, and so I'm just going to take an absolute shotgun approach and hope that something sticks.
1: So that leads on to this idea that if someone is kind of scrambling around for, you know, if there's like seven different or more than that, hundreds of fat loss approaches that someone is part of promoting, um, then all they are doing is looking for, unless they all have the same underlying principles, they're just hedging their bets by trying everything because they are yet to find a way that consistently generates results with people that they help. You know, Ultimately, as you know by now, if you're listening to this podcast, fat loss is not a series of magical events. It's sustaining a calorie deficit for a period of time, managing your macronutrients sensibly, engaging in some kind of progressive weight training program and muscle gain is very similar it's changing your calories being progressive with your weight training lifting more reps more sets more load over time you don't need 20 different programs to create those results so yes it might be a marketing angle it it might be a business decision but more often than not if someone is having to use different approaches with their clients it's because they haven't found a predictable formula to create results and then equally leading on from that if if when you're listening to someone discuss a program or discuss a diet and they say something like, without this, or if you were to do this differently, you would," there's no way you could get absolute, there's no way you could get the results that you're seeking, then test that assumption. So one of the ways that led us on to just following the idea that it, it all comes down to calories essentially, is you see evidence of success in all different areas of fitness. So bodybuilders who eat eight times a day, who eat chicken and rice and oats in the morning, and they eat carbohydrates all throughout the day, they get results. People who follow a fasting approach get results. People who follow... you about, you about to say well, something.
0: Do, well, that's so, so the the people that eat eight meals a day, and then the people that fast. Like, you've got... The two opposites, and they're both claiming that their high meal frequency means you stoke the metabolism, and the fast fasting guys are saying no, it's the fast that stokes your metabolism. Exactly, like, they are diametrically opposite, and they're both getting results. And then the You've same, got people that high fat, yeah, high
1: high fat, high fat, mm-hmm. and high fat and high carb, vegan and paleo, and then people who don't eat anything like that, you know, there's
0: and they're all getting results. They're all getting so results. Even, so <laughs> what is the, what is the
1: commonality? And so one of the tests is is what this person's promoting and and using in their in their, in their programs, can that be scaled and and transposed to explain the results in other areas of fitness? So if a bodybuilder believes that eight meals a day is the thing that creates results because you're elevating your metabolism, that doesn't explain why Martin Birkan is as lean as he is. And equally if I know Martin Birkan isn't, but if he was proposing that eating carbohydrate first thing in the morning was a, a death sentence to fat, to fat loss then how are bodybuilders creating the results that they're getting? Same thing with people are getting lean on low carb, but they're also getting lean on high carb. People are getting lean on paleo diet, but they're also getting lean while eating Haribo cheesecake and Pringles. So there has to be a common element here. And if each of these diets, if they to be taken to their absolute extreme and use as a methodology, they would fall down because there's a someone else doing the opposite and it's still working. So the model, the method has to be able to explain exe- success in all areas. And if it doesn't, if it can't, then it's probably a marketing spin and it's probably just getting you to buy something or getting you to buy into
0: something. So especially with diet, we've got the red flags being something like an exclusive model. Only our method works, none of the other methods work, as opposed to an inclusive model, which is here are a series of principles and if your approach matches it or fits these fundamental Principles, which are physiological principles that are not really changeable, then the method will work. And if someone's saying that, then they're being inclusive, and they're more likely. It's more likely that the method is going to work. Our system, for example, churns out replicable results, but it's flexible and it's inclusive for what people want to do. And as lot you know, if if someone has a preference or a particular requirement, as long as it fits the general principles of they need to hit their average calorie balance target and they still need to lift with progressive overload and, you know, they're just the basics, then it's going to work. And we're not saying that any other system is is shit and it won't work. Because being exclusive, again, is a red flag because it also means that if you have an exclusive system, you have to buy my system and you can't get that other guy's system because his is rubbish and it's see how it lends itself very easily to marketing. So there's a conspiracy element to it as well. So the red flags that... want to look out for exclusive model conspiracy something that you can't do as a diy so we got roped in a while ago to buying a certain type of supplement that was like a special activated form of hydrolyzed casein Um, and what it was you couldn't just use normal hydrolyzed casein because according to them Theirs was a special type with activated leucine. that was, was more only, bioavailable, wasn't it? More, much more bioavailable, and, and the whole program would only work with theirs. And it was they had the only supplier in the world of this particular type of leucine-enriched, activated hydrolyzed casein, as opposed to the bulk brands. Now, that's a red flag, because surprise, surprise, their version was also twice the price of the generic version. So all of these come down to asymmetry of information. Do you have anything to add there?
1: No. No. Actually, yes, I did. Okay. When you're when you're looking for someone to follow, or when you're deciding whether someone is worth listening to, so something that we make a, a big deal about with people that we we coach and help is that we have we have clients who are on a lower carb approach. We have clients who are vegan. We have clients who are eating ready meals only. We have clients who are big into their whole foods, and I don't like eating junk food. All of those things. Are still placed within a framework that we use with every client so you may have heard us talk about seen on Facebook we have two kind of flagship programs in propane fitness they're called fat loss mastery and strength mastery and the reason that they're called that is because that is what we are trying to help somebody do master fat loss and master muscle and strength gain over time but each week of the process is more or less identical for every client so What we go through with them in week one, in week two, in week three, week four, all the way through to week fifty-two or one hundred and fifty-two, however long they're with us, is the same. So it's a recipe that we've devised that works. But at no point are we categorical and exclusive about what someone can or can't do. So if in one of the weeks someone decides that actually they can't squat, or actually they don't like doing, they don't like training in that way, or actually they want to just run for their training as long as what we are doing meets the basic underlying principles that are just backed by science of what drives progress and what doesn't. And as long as that person's program is meshed into their life so that they're able to follow it consistently, the, the, the key thing is, is that the principles are being applied over time while the results are being, are being reached. We aren't just using Haribo cheesecake and Pringles. And I think any anytime that someone doesn't have an underlying method and set of principles that they follow or rules that they use and instead they just use a program or a framework or an approach it's a sign that maybe they they do understand it or maybe they maybe it gets worse, results they, accidentally because yeah, just, they don't understand what the, what the drivers are
0: they may not know why and so in summary there are physiological principles how can we design a framework to maximize or to exploit those physiological principles to achieve a certain goal. Now, that framework is not equivalent to saying, oh, we have a magic formula that no one else can know about, or it's a proprietary blend. And when we start introducing asymmetry of information, which is a a big cause of just people getting ripped off, it means that the seller knows more than the buyer in some way, and the buyer is not able to verify what the seller is saying. That can cause a problem. So, if you are unable to verify something without buying the product again, red flag. And this is why this sounds like a um, tangent, but if you've heard the 10 day retreat podcast, this is why I'm such a big fan of doing an approach like that because it's fully empirical, it's there's no doctrine to absorb. It's not you don't have to take anything on faith, we don't have to adopt any kind of religion. It's like, hey. You know, the, the Buddhist texts are written, as Sam Harris describes, like they're a lab manual. It's like, or an experimenter's log. It's like, hey, I did this, here's what happened. You can test this for yourself and then see what happens. And all you've got to give up is maybe 10 days of your life to, to try the approach. Now, with any approach like that, if you can verify it, then great. And that's why we quite freely give away diet tips and training programmes and stuff for free on our website because there is no secret. You can you're welcome to try them. We know that the challenge in making consistent progress is about having accountability, integrating that into a framework and objectivity. And they all come from coaching. So, you know, that's the service that we offer. We're very transparent about that. We we're not claiming that there's any secrets and you can you can come to us. We we have a coach ourselves. So it's a service that has value in itself. Now, have you ever been to get your car serviced or gone to see a plumber or something and they go, mm-hmm. no, that's, what's going to cost you that? And you hear that and you think, well, well, I have no idea about toilets or I don't know anything about my my car's um, ABS system. I only know about my own ABS. Because um, <laughs> I'll um, I, I do crunches for that, but I don't know about... Yeah, so... You, you end up thinking, well, I, I just have to trust that this guy has my best interests at heart and he may well not because I'm also happen to be paying him a lot of money for, for this. So it's in his interest to act concerned. And, and there are big scams around this. If you've uh, the American equivalent of QuickFit, forgot the name, were caught on camera opening up the bonnet of cars that they were doing a service for taking out the air filter and just rubbing it in the soil and then putting it back in the car well, um, and then saying to the people, oh, look at your air filter, it's it's an act, you need a new one. And so they did an undercover thing where the guy bought a brand new air filter, went into the shop, they told him he needed a new one. He said, oh, can you can you show me? And they were like, yeah, here it is. And he was like, oh, really? That's my air filter that the plastic packaging is on the back seat for, the one that I bought today. And then they tell him to leave and they get very angry about it it's so terrible isn't it it is terrible and johnny was just saying before that he had a he had a new uh, he had to have a new boiler because the plumber was like
1: the yeah the plumber was saying that the boiler that was in the house wouldn't have always going to have issues with you know reaching yeah if someone was using the tap at one point then someone else wouldn't be able to use the shower like that sort of standard standard sales pitch and you you put in this position where because you don't know enough about i have got no idea about boilers so if he's right then great I pay him and it's a good use of the money if he's not right and I pay anyway then I wouldn't know either way would I so I think this this asymmetric information or one person having access to more information than someone else and there being no way to verify you know either either side of the of the boundary when you're the when you are a buyer or you when you're trying to allocate your time or your money to something it can be really difficult and there are people unfortunately who are out to just Sell an ebook or a program that there are no refunds for that you know there's no support a lot uh, with, and it proposes to be or it claims to be a um, a magical solution or a magical method. So, as Yusuf says, I think the the service that we offer we're very transparent about. We don't have a a proprietary system that we put people through that is sort of completely different and magical and involves one one food or one supplement.
0: If you did enough reading and got enough expert opinions you could cobble together a version of what kind of program and diet approach that we would put a client through but that's I think not really the point
1: the value comes in almost like a, a diagnostic approach is that someone someone comes to a coach with a a certain problem or a certain situation a certain like set of circumstances and you are <laughs> able to objectively look at that and say from my experience, from my expertise, this is the best way to tackle this problem. And often, or at least in my experience of being coached, that's something that you would have never seen yourself because you're so caught up in your own bullshit about what might be the right way to do something. That
0: never goes away as yeah, well. No matter how many people hey. you,
1: you coach, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: So summary, how can you tell if a method is bunk if you're gonna get ripped off? Well, number one. If someone claims to have the elixir, the magic potion, the magic formula, the silver bullet that will cure all things for all people, that's a red flag. If someone has a hundred methods to do the same thing, that suggests that they haven't found a way that works. So the two ends of the spectrum there. If someone has an exclusive model that does not account for any other systems and isn't rather than is something based on frameworks and um, as opposed to kind of an inclusive system, again it's a red flag. It doesn't mean that it's complete bullshit, but you want to have your, your spidey sense up. If there are conspiracy theories enshrouded in, in their product, just keep your eyes open. If it's something that you can't do yourself with substitutes, if they seem to be the monopoly in that particular thing, they may have m- managed to find like the only world supplier of the activated leucine that has that particular particular effect, but it's unlikely. If there is asymmetric information, if the seller claims to know more than the buyer and won't reveal any of that magical information and you can't verify it empirically, whether the method works, again, watch out. So those are the red flags to look out for. Now, since we were talking about boilers and car servicing, I'm gonna end with a a heartbreaking (laughs) tale of the last time I took my car for an MOT. I went for a classic service MOT, the annual thing, and the guy said, uh, your ABS light is always on. This, <laughs> that's because I'm
1: so lean. It
0: was just so shredded. That, and he said, it, it could be fine, or it could be the ABS unit, or it could be the sensor. So I was like, right, what, what's the implication of that? said, if it's just the sensor that's gone awry, then it's £45 pounds to fix. But if it's the full ABS unit, it's going to be £900 pounds to fix. So you're like, okay, well, let's just try the sensor. Let's take the gamble and hope that it's, the, it's that. Not noticed any problems with the brakes. So he does that, he replaces the sensor. The light's still on. So that means, unfortunately, he's like, I'm going to have to replace the full unit. It's going to be £900 for parts and service. At this point, you're faced with a choice. You either leave your car with him or you pay £900 to be able to drive your car out of the service centre, <laughs>
1: Now, oh wow it was really it was like he was saying you can't leave
0: well it's an MOT so your car is oh, illegal of course so, oh my so God. that's the choice you're faced with and you're like "Oh, well, well, then it's
1: serious. surely it's not the choice
0: and I'm thinking my car's not even worth £900 like it was that's probably serious. worth about that you're like okay right I'll just pay it because then it means at least it's sorted for life pay the well, rent very... until the next MOT well yeah pay the painful bill get home google the problem and there's a forum for Vauxhall Astro drivers, that says, oh yeah, I had this problem as well. Turns out it's not the sensor, and it's not the ABS unit. It's the wire that goes between the sensor and the unit that can get weathered or rusted or something, and it causes this light to come on. And I replaced mine for £13, as people were saying on the forum. So I don't know for sure. Maybe i I'd like to think that the £900 was necessary, but there's a good chance... That I could have spent 13 quid with it, just a bit of googling. So I
1: think in that so, instance, though, you're believing people on the internet more than a mechanic. And I realise that people on the internet have no vested interest mm-hmm. in the 13 pound sale. But I'm
0: also not saying the mechanic was trying to scam me. I think mm-hmm. he maybe just wasn't such an enthusiast of that particular car. Vauxhall <laughs> <or even laughs> <Fox> astros.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's a prime example, isn't it? Of and there's there are so many situations that people find themselves in. It, it's it's always with an expert, isn't it? Yeah it? There's a situation where there's an expert in something, and you require the expert service, and there's there has to be an element of trust.
0: Still really upset about that because I was thinking the other day, you, you if you spent nine hundred pounds a year ago on an MOT, like that's nine hundred pounds gone for life. Like you, if you hadn't today or in ten years' time, you'd still be nine hundred pounds better off. <laughs> Surely that's how every. Spending any money works. It is, but it's just it <laughs> makes you think like there's such a long-lasting effect of paying 900 pounds, possibly erroneously. <laughs> so, oh God! I think we're gonna leave it there because I'm I'm getting really upset. Well, no, I, I, we need to. I, yeah, I you, you need to put salt in the wound. I, more, know, I understand what you mean,
1: but to say that you would be 900 pounds like it's it's worse because you would be 900 pounds better off today. That's the same with like if you buy food and eat it, like, you'll never get that money or that food back. Yeah. What a waste.
0: What's the alternative? Not eat. It's better yeah. to get leaner. Yeah. But then you can only keep getting leaner for a certain period.
1: But you wouldn't have been able to leave with your car. Yeah. And you would never have got the car back. True. So So like you weren't faced with the choice of should I go Google the problem or should I pay the nine hundred pounds? It was the mechanic has my car, I want my car. He's asking me to pay 900 pounds.
0: Sounds oh, like car. a song. Mechanic has my car. I want my car. Very similar to that. Mechanics asked me to pay. I was in a
1: nightclub in Berlin. Right. As you do. And the bouncer took the, the one of the people I was with, took his phone off him, and then sold it back to him. Really? Yeah. And I, he was like, give me your phone. And obviously, like, figure of authority. Standing on the door, you think, "Oh, maybe you're not allowed phones inside or anything." Gave him his phone. Unbelievable. Sort sold, sold it back to him. How much for? I don't know.
0: That's unbelievable. Because you're in a you're you're stuck there because bouncers are big people.
1: It's the same as someone steals a phone. Yeah. yeah like oh, also also yeah. unbelievable? Would you rather somebody just stole your phone, or would you rather they stole your phone and, and then gave you an back. opportunity to buy it back?
0: Yeah, fine. But it's uh, a.
1: <laughs> That is that would be the sort of thing. To better, really, <laughs> lesser of two evils.
0: But it's someone in a professional position. They've abused their position of trust. There, like uh, you, you know, oh. anyone could do that. Like a, a doctor, your doctor could do that. You go to the GP and he's like, "Oh, can I just take a look at your phone? <laughs> oh, wonderful, okay. a lovely phone. Mm. Put
1: that in my drawer. This is and the, the lock six, my drawer. Isn't it? Yeah. And then ask you for hundred and fifty pounds <laughs> for it." that would be funny wouldn't it let's do that <laughs> it's the sort of thing that would I can imagine you reacting to that situation and it would really bother you wouldn't it
0: yeah I don't know because you don't speak German the bouncer is big mm. he would just deny it if anything happens precisely yeah it, and and also you're in it like if you complain you're instantly in the pool of like oh it's one of these drunk complains. Exactly. So yeah. they've completely got you I think one of the <laughs>
1: worst positions to be in actually is be You've had a few drinks. You are in some way wronged by a bouncer, mm. and then oh, the, okay. the police get involved. And you're I'm trying the, to bouncer server, your the bouncer's so bouncer's professional. He's licensed, qualified to do what, he do, do what he does. And the police, you're trying to uh, you're trying to explain to them. So there's actually
0: what uh, listen, <laughs> mate. Honestly, I mean the the solution for all of this is for both of us to get to the 120s. And there's a great business opportunity in being a bouncer and just selling people's phones back to them because (laughs) it's so perfectly defensive. But you don't
1: have to be a bouncer, as you said, a doctor can
0: do it. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm training to be one. Just (laughs) Just just training to be in a position of trust of any sort. Mm. I don't really care what the profession is so Mm. that I can sell people's phones back to them. (laughs) Now, it's. Bouncers are the biggest. Like, some some of. Especially if, if any of you live in Newcastle. You just walk around the clubs. You'll see people standing outside in in the bouncer coat. You're like
1: the bouncer coat.
0: You're like that is such a big person. Like, yeah, I never yeah. see that Massive. size person just in daily life. Because it's, like, it's, it's not it's not just all nocturnal. Aren't they
1: muscle mass is it? It's frame. Oh God. Height, width, wrists. Like, <laughs> do you <laughs> know they they're just such big people. They're like they're all all of them are like strong men. It's terrifying. in fact a lot of them. There's a few of them but that I know who are strong men. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, well,
0: they're all either strong men with a space or without a space of some sort. Strong men with a space? Either strong men or strong men. <laughs> and, <laughs> so but they're all nocturnal. Not
1: not that they're all strong men and they either own a space or not. Oh, uh, I see. That's what I was trying to understand.
0: But yeah, big wrists. You know what comes with big wrists? Like big ankles as well. Mm, big hands. Yeah. Uh, Can't have a big
1: wrist and a small hand. Can no,
0: make? exactly. It'd look terrible. It's actually impossible to have a big wrist in a small hand. You know who used to have really big wrists? Nick Lee. Anyway, we're going to end. Nick, if you're listening. There. Yeah, you did. you did have big wrists. Bloody hell. <laughs> Huge wrists. What an ending to a podcast. Before we go, if you're still <laughs> listening, we would love if you could leave us a rating on iTunes. It would really make our day. That
1: sounds like such a second rate request, this, isn't it? Asking <laughs> in this way. But we would really, really
0: appreciate it. Bye. Bye.